5: What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is coming to you from overcast, cloudy, but still warmer than most Southern California. We got an outstanding show for you. Sage Rosenfels will join us, the Sage voice of quarterbacks, of course, a longtime. Uh, NFL backup sometime. NFL starter Sage Rosenfels will join us in 25 minutes. Rich Ornberger will join us. Of course, uh, he's a former NFL lineman, co-host of Fox Sports Sunday with Steve Hartman. We'll discuss Monday Night Football, Manning cast. How much is Archie Manning's stud fee, really? And A.J. Pruszynski is going to join us. Gosh, I love A.J. He was a brilliant catcher. Of course, won a World Series among, uh, I think, I know he won one with the White Sox. I think he won others as well. But he'll join us as we could have the last baseball game of the year or we could have an epic uh, Game 7, Game 6 in Houston tonight on Fox. Plus, Adam Kaplan will join us. And, and we'll talk about the trade deadline, which to this point, nothing much has happened. Um, there is tragic news in the NFL. Henry Ruggs, who's a super talented young wide receiver, the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are on their bye week. At uh, around 3.30 this morning, there was a car crash in Vegas and he's has non-life-threatening injuries. The car that he was in an accident with, and there have been no details given as to who's at fault, uh, but he has been charged with DUI, which resulted in a in the death of the other driver. Um, I reached out to uh, director of player, of personnel, two GMs, three scouts I asked just was there any were there any red flags with Henry Ruggs uh, I mean uh, I'm not going to show you my text messages but all said essentially no none of it the the only thing was he did come from a tough upbringing and he was the kind of kid who let others hang around that he didn't need to have hang around anymore. That said, no one could have seen this coming. And I, I guess that there's a there's a lot of questions out there. Um, and, you know, you have David Carr tweeting about how Derek Carr, his brother, I mean, if he's not the MVP and people are saying, well, too, too soon. I, 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 I don't know if it's too soon. I, I think Derek Carr is very well equipped. I don't think David needed to tweet it. I think we all understand the leadership he has to show his coach got fired, right now his wide receiver is in jail, and he won't play maybe ever again. I mean there's some they got some stuff working in Vegas and it it's terrible because I mean, look, somebody lost their life. that's the first thing and and what happens is we do have a tendency to start skipping steps and not being nearly uh nearly as as thoughtful and as sensitive as we should be in this moment right we, we're we're a sports show we talk about sports we don't talk about a dui and somebody dying and what that means but i, I want you to think about it like one somebody lost a child brother sister i, I don't know the, the, the name of the victim hasn't been hasn't been released And then you have the city of Las Vegas who is, you know, bent over backwards, done anything possible to get the Raiders. You know, they're basically playing no taxes at all, embraces them. And, you know, this is not something you could have seen coming because, as I pointed out, there were no red flags on Henry Ruggs. He didn't have previous DUIs. There's nothing that was hidden at Alabama. Nick Saban loved, loved coaching this kid. But I mean, there's a bitter taste in your mouth when the Raiders come to town, and this is their second year, and you have a DUI, and it's a Raider behind the wheel. And and we're in 2021; it's so incredibly preventable, whether you do Lyft or Uber. And I know there's other devices, but like you're an NFL player, if if it's about the car, Uber Black, come come get your own get your Corvette tomorrow. And, and these are lessons that everyone now, I, I guess, has to learn, right? Like when we were kids, when I was a kid, I, I learned don't do drugs from Len Biestein. I learned about HIV from Magic Johnson. I, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. I, you know, I, I remember the day that that remember. I mean, I was that that is thirty years ago. 30 years ago, right about now, right before the season started, Magic Johnson announced he had HIV. And I I remember clear as day, my my coach, Tom McCluskey, at Tustin High School, calling us all in, and we were all crying. We were all crying. Like, Magic is going to, and he's like, look, Magic Johnson's probably going to die from this thing. You guys have to understand, like, if you're going to do adult things, there's adult ramifications for it. I mean, I, I learned about it then. I mean, we should know about DUI. We should know about, I mean, it's so, like, now there's just, you're in Vegas between taxis and Ubers and Lyfts, and it's just so easy, right? And we act like it's annoying that we have to throw on a mask, like, dude, they're literally saving your life and somebody else's life. But, but here's the question, okay? This And this is an honest question I have, which I've thrown out to some of my friends. I don't think he'll ever play football again. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm the moral police and what should and shouldn't happen. I understand that he'll go through a a personal rehab and I, I don't know what the right answer is. This is just, it's kind of a raw discussion that I think this is really what sports radio should be about. Sometimes it's about other stuff. Sometimes it's about goofing on, you know, Ramos for some of the funny things that, that he likes to say or goofing on me for mistakes that I've made. I make them all the time. I say dumb stuff. You know, goofing on Bayer because he knows chapter and verse of every guy on fantasy, like literally every play. Oh, yeah, I know him. I, I here's who you should get. Who, you, but he de- can't doesn't know a movie. I can't quote a movie, which he's like. I but he can quote every TV show. I don't like that's Sometimes fun, but sometimes it's just about having a discussion about life and second chances. And we are a country of second chances. But are there things that you? You give away the right to do based upon your actions. Mike Vick got a second chance. He murdered dogs. Mike Vick has become more than just a, um, a good member of society. Like, he's as respected a guy now in the NFL as there is as a former player. He's seen the darkness. He went to prison. Henry Ruggs is going to go to jail. He's going to go to jail. And he should go to jail. I guess the question is, should he ever play football again? You know, and and right, you put it in the context of he's going to go to jail, he's going to have to go to some form of rehab. He's, you know, but but is that enough? And I, what I what I think happens. This is my honest. All of this is my honest, raw, just opinion. And you know, oftentimes we talk things out, write things out, and try and figure out where we want to go with it. My my honest feeling is that whether or not he should or should not ever play again, he's going to pay for the sins of the past in the NFL. There's a, I believe it was Leonard Little. Is that the name that I'm thinking of, Dan Byer? Leonard Little was a, I think, a linebacker for the St. Louis Rams. Yes. And he killed somebody in a DUI, and um, he came back and he played, and that's always a name that people rightfully point to as, like, how can this guy be out in the football field when he killed somebody in a DUI?
7: He was suspended eight games in 1999, um, or in the late 90s, 98 or 99, uh, in that in that incident, so missed the first half of the season. Uh, I don't know if he served jail time. Um, I know Dante Stallworth uh, did... In 2009, Stallworth was suspended for the entire season.
5: Yeah, now remember that Dante Stallworth one was down in Miami, I believe, and it was a guy who ran across the road. Yes, right, ran across the road, and Dante technically wasn't at fault because he, you know, a guy just like darted out and tried to was, and some people thought he wanted a guy wanted to get hit by a car. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm, what I'm remembering. Right? Trying to he catch
7: was, a bus was the yeah was the story.
5: He was trying to catch a bus. Yeah, okay? and Dante didn't see him, but when. He, he when the cops and the cops found, I think there was a bunch of stuff in his system, right? I think there's weed and, and booze in his system.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, you know, BAC was over the legal limit. Um, right. yeah, at the time of the accident.
5: Does it matter to you, Dan, what the what the the DUI is? Right, like if it's a point no one two, or if it's point two two, does it matter? No, you? it doesn't matter. If yeah, if it's that, or if it's drugs
7: versus alcohol, yeah, it doesn't matter.
5: Do you think he should ever play football again?
7: Um I think he will play football again. I I, I just from the precedent that we have seen plus Henry Young's head uh, Henry Ruggs is pretty uh young in terms of his NFL career. Um, doesn't seem like there are serious injuries. He had non-life-threatening injuries that he suffered. So I don't know if I don't think that health is going to be a factor. I think that he will play in the NFL
5: again. What do you think Jay Stu? It's so hard to,
8: to gauge these things under this like new, uh, uh, you know, the way that the NFL is working now, um, every, they're under a larger microscope than ever before with, with this punishment stuff. But I, 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 I kind of agree with Dan and that there has been a precedent. He's young enough. He won't play for a long time. I don't think, but I think he, he probably makes it back onto the field. His life as he knows it, uh, will never be the same, um, but yeah, I I think he plays again. But what what a what an awful tragedy tragedy uh, for the, the family involved. Preventable,
5: preventable. That's that's the thing, right? Like we we know that tragedies happen and mistakes happen, and and th- things that you know where you just like. But but this is a this is a prevent. There's no way you can argue that in a major American city. In 2021 there weren't a multitude of options to get a ride. And in Las Vegas, Nevada, I I got, there's zero excuses for it. Now, I also believe, and this is my honest belief, that whatever the judicial system, whatever the judicial system decides is in fact the law. That is the punishment. And this is where I, I struggle is, are we doing the, 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 uh, what is it called? Um, is it double jeopardy? What is it? What is the the term for when you you can't be tried for the same crime twice?
7: Yeah, I believe that's the case. Double yes, jeopardy—that's the term. Yep.
5: Yeah. yeah, it's it, it. does feel a little bit like we like society wants double jeopardy. Like, oh well, he goes to jail for six months. Oh yeah, well, guess what? He should be out of the league for two years. Like, I mean, he he went to jail. He lost every. He'll lose everything. You know. I just I I don't know what's fair and what's right. You know, I, 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 there's lots of things you would say, like, is there, you know, what you should do is serve your time, get your life together and then figure out a way in which, you know, every game, every day you recognize the life that is lost. Like that's a, that's a possibility. I just, I don't know what's, what the right thing is like, what's enough. And this is a little bit like uh, very different, but a little bit like what we talked about last week with Dan Snyder, okay? which is look a punishment has to be decided he deserves to be punished um and i i do and i don't necessarily i don't totally believe in that how you punish him is going to change what is it called when you um when when the people believe that the punishment will keep others from committing the same crime right it's like the reason we have the death penalty yeah it's a deterrent thank you thank you john ramos I don't necessarily believe that, like, I don't think the death penalty is a deterrent. I don't think there's anybody who's thinking about killing somebody who, like, that portion of your brain is working so poorly that you think you can kill somebody that you're thinking logically enough to go, well, I'd want to do this, but I could go to jail for the rest of my life, or I could uh, serve the death penalty. Like, I don't believe that. But I do believe that it's a proper punishment for some crimes that are committed. I don't believe the death penalty is a, the turn. I do believe in the death penalty as a punishment. That, again, this is Doug Gottlieb, Bink. This, this is not the feelings of anybody else in the show or anybody else. It's kind of what we're allowed to do here. I, I've told you guys a long time ago, I'm a radical centrist. You think you know my ideas? You don't. And you don't have to agree with them. It doesn't bother me. Like Dan's beliefs or Isaac Lowenkron's beliefs or J.C.'s don't. This guy should go to jail. I don't. I don't know if he should ever play football again, and I don't know where we are in society. You know, we we cancel people for far lesser crimes. We cancel people for things that they tweet, things that they say, things that they put in emails. Now, obviously, he didn't mean to do this, but if you're as 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 we've all been told when we saw uh, red red asphalt when we were kids, you guys remember that terrible. Gosh, they used to show us that in like middle high school. I saw that and it was just like, man, I'm never drinking and drive. Like that's, that's terrible. But as, as we've seen, like y- you're, you're driving around a loaded gun. And just because you got home doesn't make it okay. And I just, I wonder where we are in society and where we should go and how we, this is an incredibly preventable tragedy. And Henry Ruggs, by all accounts, is a good person. And he did something really awful. And someone else who was an innocent victim lost their life last night. And, and I don't know what that means for his future. And obviously, it's not, you know, in the short term, you have a, you have a mourning family or families that are involved in this crash. Plus, you have what's going to happen to him. But I do think it's an interesting snapshot of are we going to make Henry Ruggs not only pay for his crime, but pay for the crimes of of the NFL in the past. Remember, this is a, a key thing to remember in the Ray Rice. Remember when Ray Rice was suspended for two games initially for the domestic abuse charge, which never went to trial. Do you remember that? Did you know that was actually the longest suspension ever for anyone with domestic violence in the national football league. And of course, then the commissioner tried to put it at six and then he was out of the league. And that, that was like a decade ago. What happens now? It's fascinating. Are we still a country of second chances? Does it matter how he rehabilitates himself? Is it double jeopardy? If he gets suspended for however long after he goes to jail and What what now of the Raiders? You know, I mean, this is a team their coach is fired and they 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 seem to bound together and play well. Now they go into a bye week. And now one of their teammates kills somebody, a human being is going to jail like it's just so much bigger than actual football and so incredibly tragic.
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires
2: confidence around every corner.
5: early Tuesday morning posted an 11 minute video verify on his verified Instagram account, highlighting the Browns missed opportunities week three through six. When OBJ was open later Tuesday, Lakers, uh, LeBron James showed support of Odell Beckham jr. Tweeting OBJ will show again why he's special wide receiver one hashtag free OBJ. I heard Colin Cowherd earlier today say, uh, Odell Beckham jr. Has been a good soldier. When was that? How did I, did I miss that time? When did, when did that happen? When? Tell me when it happened. Because what I remember is he didn't want to go to Cleveland. He didn't show up for OTAs. Um, He quite obviously, and you know, he's hurt last year. And yeah, I mean, there's times in which he was open and he didn't get the ball. I, I noticed when I watched the IG live that there were also no clips of when Odell Beckham Jr. didn't run hard or when he dropped the football. And, and none of this happens or is posted without Odell Beckham Jr. saying it's OK. Right. People don't speak for you and say you need a chance and an opportunity unless you said it was okay. They don't just voluntarily do that. Your dad doesn't just voluntarily post some video and you had no idea. If you did, then you called him as soon as you posted and go like, dad, you got to take that down. He did not. It's the same thing as when LeBron had a coach fired. I had nothing to do with it. You know what? If you wanted to stop it, you're LeBron James, you could stop it. It's the same thing here. Same exact thing. So I I just, I look at this deal and I, and I say to myself, like. Odell Beckham Jr. is a royal pain in the ass. He has never been worth the hassle. He was a super talented wide receiver early in his career, but it was always about Odell Beckham Jr. And when he didn't show up for OTAs, remember. Remember. If, if you go back and remember, when he was with the Giants, they gave him a huge contract extension. And he promised them that he would change. And then there was the video of him in a hotel with cocaine somewhere in the hotel room, right? And then he was the perfect soldier for three months. He fooled uh, the owner of the, the Giants. They give him the contract extension. And he complained. And then he got hurt. And then he never played for the Giants again. That's how I remember it. I I don't... I mean, LeBron doesn't know. And the dad is the dad, so I don't blame him. But the reality is, like, the Browns haven't gotten much for him, out of him. But just giving him away... I, I know Michael Lombardi, who, of course, has been a GM in the NFL, he tweeted out earlier that the Browns just need to move on from Odell Beckham Jr. They... Uh, People who cover the team say they have not engaged in any trade discussions because there's been nothing of substance to come their way. One, I'm not sure how many people actually want him. And two, can we stop this? He's been a good soldier thing. And then three, I do think if you have any chance of getting anything out of him, it's right now because you can go to Odell Beckham Jr. and go like, look, we would have moved you, but nobody really wanted you. So you got half a season left. We should be a playoff team. Show the league. Put on tape what you have, because right now what you have on tape, you ain't getting a big contract next year. No matter how many good catches you had your first four years. I actually think holding on to him is the best possible option. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Sage Rosenfels joins us, former NFL quarterback, twelve year vet in the National Football League, and um, um, I, I there, there's nowhere really to go that's positive with the Henry Ruggs thing. I just I, I do wonder. Have you ever been part of a team where there was some sort of tragedy where a, a guy in the team got into serious trouble, and you know, you come back to work and you got to kind of figure out how to pick up the pieces?
10: You know, looking back, I don't think so. I mean, definitely, where guys got maybe a DUI or uh, arrested. You know, I played Miami for four years, so you're you're going to have incidents, but uh, nothing is tragic as this situation and uh we have seen it in the in the history of the national football league it seems like every so many years every five years every ten years there's some sort of tragedy like this and i don't know any of the details i did see that sort of go across the screen earlier today uh sounds like an awful incident and and uh, obviously we will, we will collect information as it goes but no i never nothing this tragic ever happened during my time in the in locker room in the nfl
5: Stud Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let, let's get back on the field. What did you think of Mahomes' performance last night?
10: I think it sort of has. It's, it's, it was as it's been a lot of the year. You know, I felt like a guy who is trying to do a lot. He's trying to sort of do too much. His defense is ranked near the bottom in the National Football League in all sorts of categories. So naturally, on the other side of the football, you're going to know you're going to have to be in this sort of Fast break style offense to keep up with your defense in a lot of games, and and so I feel like Pat Mahomes is probably trying to do too much. He's holding on to the football. Uh, they're in shotgun a lot. They're not. They're, they're, they ran the football okay last night, but it's not your traditional runs. They don't do much play action, so it's a lot of it's a lot of a pressure on Pat Mahomes. And uh, defenses are doing a great job of slowing down the Kansas State Chiefs. You're not seeing those home run balls by uh by Tyreek Hill. You're not seeing the long catch and runs by Travis Kelsey. They are sort of keeping the team in a sort of bend don't break uh style of defense and, and it's you know it's forcing Kansas City to methodically work their way down the field and they haven't had to do that or they haven't done that uh in, in their time with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. They're a quick strike type of team and he's he's run around making plays and it looks like to me he's just trying to do too much. And that's natural. I mean Doug, you're a basketball guy Remember Jordan back in the day and in his early days, he was always trying to do too much. He was trying to score thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven points a game because he didn't have that team around him, didn't have much defense around him either. So he was sort of trying to outscore the other team by himself. And I sort of feel like Pat Mahomes is trying to do that too. He's trying to do feels like almost too much, which is why he has the most interceptions of his career so far, only halfway through the season.
5: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad posted a video, hey, look at all these times he's open, he didn't get the football. Browns aren't gonna trade him. What what do you think of Odell Beckham Jr., the player in two thousand
10: twenty one? Odell Beckham as we know we knew him is not the Odell Beckham that he is today, and that's just a fact. He's not as fast, uh, he's not as elusive, he's not as good as run after catch. Uh, if you look at this just breaking down to straight stats for whatever reason. When Baker Mayfield throws him the football, there's a lot of interceptions that occur. I mean, a couple of years ago, he threw 21 picks, and and, uh, and eight of them, uh, I'm sorry, nine of them were thrown to OBJ when he was thrown in his direction. Uh, you know, in that style of offense, when you run the ball with two really good running backs, you got a good tight end. Of course, you got Jarvis Landry. There's only so many places to go with the football, and Odell Beckham has to be sort of the the big play guy. You have to have somebody especially on those play actions and bootlegs, to sort of take the top off the coverage, get those safeties deep. And so a lot of times he's just not open. And so obviously Baker's going to other, other places with the ball. I did see a play at the end of that game, and there was a little play action. It was right down the middle. Uh, Odell had a post right down the middle, and he put up one hand, tried one of his one-hand catches. If he makes the catch, there's a good chance Cleveland wins that football game. But he puts up one hand, like we've all seen him do that before, ends up going incomplete. And it sort of made me feel, you know, if I was a quarterback, and it's and this is not first quarter or first half, this is end of the fourth quarter as we're trying to win this thing. And he puts up one hand to sort of catch that ball, sort of the old alligator arms, as they say. So I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes, probably between OBJ and and Baker I'm a big believer in Kevin Stefanski to try to uh sort of psychologically bring the whole thing together but just right off the bat Odell Beckham is not physically the same guy he was with the New York Giants that's a fact if you go to all the pro football focus stuff he was always above 80 when, when he was with the Giants he hasn't reached 74 yet uh as far as his grades um, uh, since he's been with the Cleveland Browns. And so he's just simply not the player he was before. No matter how many media people think he's still a great player, he's just not the player he was before.
5: Doug Gottlieb, show here on Fox Sports Radio. Sage Rosenfeld is our guest. He breaks down all the tape. 12-year NFL at quarterback. Um, okay, so help me out with the Chargers. Uh, they just got their asses kicked by the Baltimore Ravens, right? That 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 happens. Yeah. But but the the Patriots loss was different. Uh, There were several drops on third down, which are that's a turnover. Right. You had two interceptions. One, Jared Cook's not looking. The other one, Austin Eckler, went through his hands. It Wasn't the perfect pass, but it did go through his hands and into defenders hands. Uh, What do you make of the Chargers sudden struggles, especially with 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 Herbert turning the football over?
10: Well, one, I think it's a long season, and you're going to have sort of ebbs and flows. And, you know, this is not a dominant football team. Uh, They definitely have their issues defensively, and so, you know, they're just not a dominant team. So, you know, offensively, they're going to have some games. They don't play as well. Obviously, Baltimore, man, they ran to a buzzsaw. I'll tell you what, though. When you go play a little Belichick team, when you're a quarterback and Herbert's still a very young guy, there's just an uneasiness there when you go, especially you go up to New England or, or or wherever you play. When you play a Bill Belichick team, there's like an uneasiness because you just know he has certain sort of tricks up his sleeve. And he's such an identifier of what is the other team good at? What is Justin Herbert good at? And also, like, what does he not like? What gives him some struggles, the protections, the certain types of coverages? Uh, is, it, is it various blitzes or looks that he can give them that makes him – just a little bit uneasy in that pocket, so he's not as accurate, and he's not sort of commanding uh, of the position. And I feel like that's what he sort of ran into in New England. It's a good defense up there. Uh, you know, I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback, and I think what they ran into a game where, and of course they just got destroyed by Baltimore the week before. That I think you know they're just sort of in one of those swoons, and I I feel very confident with Herbert and that coaching staff that they will work their way out of it. But it's not a surprise what a young. I mean, Tom Brady went up to. New England was at about a month ago, and I think he was like 22 of 43. It wasn't like he threw for 85%. So there is something about playing against Bill Belichick that can be really hard for an older quarterback uh, and and very much for a younger guy in his second year.
5: It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, There's so many things I want to get to with you. Sage Rosenfels is our guest, of course, breaks down tape on every NFL game. How do you think Justin Fields plays Sunday?
10: He play, played pretty good, you know. I, I do a Chicago Bears radio show every Tuesday, so I rewatch the film, film if I didn't see it uh, on on Sunday. And they are finally using him the way he should be used. There, they run the ball pretty well uh, when he's under center, and then a lot of bootlegs and a lot of play action. And when he is dropping back, he is so accurate on the outside routes. You know those fifteen-yard comeback routes. Uh, that's where he is. He he never misses. Ball's like right in the chest. To the receivers he throws on time. So I think they're trying to sort of figure out what they have with him as far as not just his physical capabilities, but mentally as a rookie. You have to protect a rookie. Don't I don't care if they're a 4.0 student, uh, you know, coming out of Harvard. When you get to the NFL, there's just so much information. So what they were doing before was, man, it was a lot of a lot of empty a lot of shotgun, teams bringing blitzes from different sides. You can, tell he's, you can tell he's thinking as he's playing, trying to figure out protections and where he should go with the football. It's just a lot for a young guy to be in shotgun, being empty. And they were with, they were, they were, in that style of offense way too much early in the year. I do feel like they are finally starting to figure out what's the best way for Justin Fields to be effective. And I thought he played really well in this game, and, and he had about – I don't know, three or four runs. Of course, the highlight touchdown run, a fourth and one, which ended up being a terrible call. Defense Ben was right up the field, right in his face. He makes him miss, uh, cuts the ball back, uh, and runs for about 30 or so yards for a touchdown. I mean, he has physical capabilities sort of in the sense of running the ball Michael Vick-wise, and he's got a great arm. So he, he misses some throws here and there. He missed two or three throws. In this game, he'll occasionally have a ball uh, sail on him, but I, I really do like him. I don't. I'm not sure if this coaching staff, in particular, offensively, will be here in the future. But I do like him uh, as a quarterback. He just has to have the right offense form that really maximizes his strengths, and as a rookie, minimizes those weaknesses, which for any rookie is going to be protections and the complexity of the game.
5: Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Really quickly, Sage, what do the Saints do to Tom Brady that others do not?
10: Sometimes I wonder if it's actually Sean Payton. And I know Sean's like an offensive guy, but sometimes offensive guys watch other quarterbacks and they sort of over time figure out what they're good at. Because I mean, I'm, Sean Payton has watched Tom Brady for 20 plus years too, and all the and just sort of watched his style of offense. Knows he wants to get the ball out. Knows he's now the guy who hangs on to it usually for four or five seconds and is trying to throw the ball down the field. And and I and I think also i just playing in New Orleans is not easy that's a that is a tough place to play so uh, i think some of it just has to do with sean payton has seen what what uh, tom birdie has done over all of his career and what, what are the throws that he really likes and and what sort of makes that team struggle a little bit and and obviously we, we, you know on the interceptions or the game winner in that game we have seen tom hit gronk or various receivers for two decades now on uh, on that decrossing crossing route it's about a 15 yard route Uh, versus outside leverage, man-to-man, it's great because the the receiver's inside uh, the secondary player, and you had a safety step up right in front of it. You don't see that very often, but my guess is that he had a little extra information that you know Tom is not going to hang on to the football. If we play man-to-man, which a lot of teams play man-to-man versus Brady, that that is the throw that he loves, and the safety stepped up right in front and made the play of that game. So I think it has a lot lot to do with the fact that Sean Payton knows quarterbacks really well, and, of course, playing in that dome is, is nearly impossible.
5: It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's Sage Rosenfels, okay, former NFL quarterback. Follow him on Twitter, at SageRosenfels18. Sage, you're the best, man. appreciate you joining us. All
10: right, thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
6: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. When you
1: drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do
7: But the longer this drags on, the more
4: worried he's getting.
2: They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a
0: drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Salaya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets.
6: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
4: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse.
5: Mm -mm, mm -mm. and um, yeah Manningcast was awesome awesome I just I don't know how anybody goes back it's like one of those um, it's like once you get a once we got to HDTV did you have you ever tried to watch something in standard def you're like how did I watch this for all these years and not get confused right (laughs) Have you ever tried that Remember the first time you got a big screen TV and then you tried to watch in like a small box. You're like, wow, this is not really as cool. You know, first time, once you upgrade your phone, then you go to your old phone. You're like, you just look at your phone. It's like, yeah. once you go to the Manning cast, how can you go anywhere else? Jay Stew, do you watch, uh, did you watch the Manning cast? You watch regular.
8: I always, uh, watch the Manning cast. I'm, uh, I'm fascinated by those guys. And again, I, I always repeat myself here. Um, the guests are fine, but I just like both of them reacting to the football game. I mean, that's when they're at their most like organic uh, times, you know?
5: It is interesting, though, on how some guests are into the game and some guests are into the interview and, and the the differences. And, and even, like, Drew Brees last week was, like, super disappointing to me because he was just slow – in his like, what would you do here, drew? And he like, has to see it. And it's where it's like, Peyton's already knows what, what he's seeing and what he's looking at. Like it's a, it's inside the mind you're watching. This is what a savant is like when he watches a sport, his sport, you know, I love how fast he crushed that chicken last night. That was, that was impressive. That reminded me Salisbury, Sean Salisbury used to, I we used to work together at uh, at ESPN and he'd be doing TV all day and he wouldn't have a bunch of time and he'd send somebody out to go get like a bucket of chicken, a bucket of KFC. And that guy could eat a bucket of KFC with a little help. Like, hey, you want you want to, you want a thigh here? Like, you know, I'm a thigh guy. I like thighs. With a little help, he could down a bucket of chicken faster than any human being should ever consider eating a bucket of chicken. So uh, it was really, I was watching I was watching Peyton last night, and that was my immediate thought. I actually sent a text to Salisbury because of it. Your favorite line or moment of last night? I guess that's for me. Yes, sorry. Um, we be-
8: between the Mannings, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did like the chicken thing and the way Eli just kind of broke it down. Um there, there was a, a moment uh with, with Strahan uh where they kind of pointed out the dogs chasing cars and Strahan basically showed highlights of the Super Bowl when he beat Brady. That was funny.
5: Um okay, what about you there, um Dan Bayer? Did you what did you watch last night? Yeah, had the had the Manning cast on. And what'd you think? I, I I
7: thought it was a another you know another good performance. My my favorite part, and I think they do a really good job of this. And this isn't live on TV, but they have stuff prepared. Was when they had Michael Irvin on, and they were talking about him in a three-point stance, lining up at Miami as a wide receiver in a three-point stance. And it was just they obviously had the clip ready, so you know it was it's obviously done in their preparation. So it's not just them sitting on a couch for the three hours and then unplugging and leaving like there's work that goes involved and I thought that that really paid off like it was it was funny to see Michael Irvin line up in a three-point stance as a wide receiver and
5: score a touchdown for Miami in college yeah you know it's funny about the three-point stance I, I have a a friend of mine uh, I'll, I'll keep his name out of it who was with the now Washington football team right back then the Redskins when Joe Gibbs came back and Joe Gibbs, remember, he spent like was eleven years away with with NASCAR, and then he came back to be head coach of the. Yeah, it was uh, away. Uh, yeah, it was a. Yeah. It was a good portion of time, right? Yep. He won three Super Bowls, came back, tried to fix the tried to fix the football team, and he did. They they were actually decent for a while. Um, anyway, their offensive install day. They sit down in the room and they're trying to install the offense and he's running the old clips of the old Washington, like back when they ran counter tray and they had the hogs and whatever. And the wide receivers are in a three point stance and the guys are like, dude, but you can't, we, we can't play this like this. We can't do this, you know? So yeah, that's what I thought of when I when I heard that line. It's <laughs> oh. like they the guys don't they don't that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, no, not so much.
7: It's funny too, and I know that our bosses are not going to want to hear this, but I will say because they are absolute train wrecks going to commercial. Like it is like you have they have to tell the other guy to shut up and then they got to say well like it is not good, but it doesn't matter because doesn't the matter. content is so good.
5: And they are shows I that can better, get away I, with it. I think it's almost better if they don't try and tease to break. They don't try and do the TV stuff, right? Like it does, it does, it, it, it honestly feeds into, and I'm guessing that you said this to TV people in the past and and radio is much the same, you know, like I've been trained by some people on how to do radio and how to do resets and all sorts of stuff. But you know what the truth is? If you do good enough radio, nobody actually cares about a reset or a tease or whatever. And, and there's a, there's someone who still does radio and he does television who is, synonymous with like, he's all oh, the best teaser. He's great at teasing. Like that's awesome. But you know, what really helps is when the content in between the teases is can't miss. And that's, this is the perfect example of it. It is. I, a I perfect mean, example of it. The, the, there's no like formatics of it. Doesn't matter anything. Yeah. Go ahead, John Ramos. You want to get on this? Well, I did watch it as well. I do enjoy it. And I think it is everything that both Dan and you and, Jason have said there there's was, a butt coming there's a but there coming. was one time a couple last night where I was watching it and they were talking to, I think it
1: was
6: Josh Allen they were showing like bunch of pictures but the game was going on and I could hear it in the background and I'm like what's like they're actually running plays but I'm not seeing the plays
1: and maybe for most people they don't care but like I wanted like then they came back to the game and there, like a couple of
6: plays I had already run and I'm like what happened like maybe that's for me to change back to the other station to watch that I, I don't know But I thought they were supposed to show the game like in a little cube somewhere and then talk about other things. But maybe at this particular moment, they didn't do that. That's all. But that's a very small, very small problem in the big picture that is very good.
5: Hmm. Um, Yes, they're going to miss some plays. There's a way to do it, I think, with the NFL where you have more spacing where you can do it. Um, A part of that, I think, is its charm, right, where it does feel like they're just going and they don't actually care. But it's a good point you make where there's that, you know, there's if you want to watch every play and a traditional broadcast that that still exists, still exists. Doug Gottlieb, show on Fox Sports Radio. Do you hear this? This is Jon Stewart, who was on last night, his exchange with Peyton Manning.
10: What is it to make another Manning? You're, you're, you've got this Bayou quarterback breeding program down there. You just keep making more
3: Mannings.
7: Make a couple for us. My dad's stud fee has really gone up uh, in the past 20 years.
5: It's a great line. It's if you a can great
8: make, line. If you can make Jon Stewart like yeah. laugh like that, you know, I mean, that guy's funny. He knows what funny he is. It, it's got to take a lot to make him laugh. That was a great line.
5: It was. This is Peyton's exchange with Josh Allen.
7: What's not cool is that our flag football team, we are the Bills, and you can put your last name on the back, right? I mean, my son's name is Manning. It's my name. It's my dad's name. I'd like him to put Manning on the back of his jersey. Instead, what does he put? Jay Allen. Jay Allen. I mean, tell me how to interpret that, and will you please tell him that's not a nice
5: way to treat his father? That's amazing. This is Peyton. Remember last week, Tom Brady said uh, defenders are really dogs chasing cars. Here's Michael Strahan pushing back on that. Michael,
6: I
7: don't know if you saw, but last week, Tom Brady came on this show. He called defensive players. Let me read it. Dogs chasing cars. Let me say that again. Defensive players are, quote, dogs chasing cars. Take all the time you need for a rebuttal.
6: All I must say is I love and respect Tom Brady. Um... I, I appreciate him. One giant loss going down right there in his sack. He's my business partner and religion of sports. I, I respect a dog chasing. No, that was what you call a defensive end, chasing a ring. And um, we got it.
5: That's funny. That's funny. I, I Look, I, I still think that that's classic quarterback offensive player we're smarter than defensive player trash talk I think the people that are really bothered by that they've never played the sport they don't know what that actually means or what actually you know translates they're just some parts of trash talk which feel a lot more harsh than they actually are Uh, and by the way the Chiefs were fine last night they won a game against the Giants the Giants aren't very good I don't know if I have any major takeaways other than I still don't think Pat Mahomes is playing great and we still keep feeding into it. Anytime he throws the ball sidearm or underhand or whatever, we freak out when part of that's the problem, right? He just singles and doubles will win him more games.